Faye. I'm Anya. And I'm Angel. And you're listening to Polygal Diaries. Welcome back. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> oh my gosh, welcome back. Um, and thank you for tuning in to another episode. So as we mentioned on our story, um, the focus for today is on a subject, you know, that's pretty sensitive and sentimental for the Pacific Islander community, which is suicide. Now, <clears throat> we speak on this subject with the hopes that it will be an eye and heart opener um, for our families, our friends, and our Pacifica people. Because if you haven't noticed, suicide is taking more and more of our Polynesian brothers and sisters. Um, although it's a tough subject, we still need um, and definitely want to shed light on it because we know that someone somewhere out there needs that light. So we're just doing this for them, um, for our ancestors, for our future families, um, and most of all for ourselves. Alrighty, so beforehand, um, we each have prepared a small statement or more so a wake-up call to a demon that our poly people are coming face to face with far too often in this day and age. Um, and we hope that in our letters to this evil, others can truly grasp the calamity of mental illnesses and the consequences of it instead of just seeing it as a mere phase or belittling it altogether. Um, sweet. Just before we start though, can I just say if you feel like it's too much to listen to, like you listen and it's way too much for you to take in, feel free to um to just scroll past it until you're happy to, you know, listen um to the experiences and stuff. But yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Um Oh shit. If I cry don't at me, hate <laughs> <laughs> Dear Suicide, normally I would say I hate you, but I don't. I hate what you are. I hate that it's a lot easier for people to turn to you than to talk about how they really feel. I hate that your little friend's depression and anxiety are so good at staying hidden that they take away more of us than the naked eye could see. I hate that you are the end game, that there's no turning back when people go through you. I hate that others don't realise you or don't realise you only come out to play when, when they are careless about the things they say and do to those who are holding to their life or living their absolute best. I never truly understood what or who or what you were and what role you played in the lives of many. I didn't really get it till someone I loved and thought so highly of decided the world would be so much better without them. They turned to you. But even then... I still didn't understand who you really were. As I grew up, I noticed on social media, more mums, dads, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunties, uncles, nieces and nephews continued to turn to you to end the pain they were going through. And I hated that. I hated that they felt they couldn't talk to anyone or just the pure fact that no one believed them when they did open up about their feelings. I hated it so much, I still didn't get it. It wasn't until I experienced you firsthand that I came to a full understanding of your place in people's lives. I almost become one of, almost became one of your fallen victims. I almost took that last wish. The love I received from my immediate family and grandparents became my anchor. They saved me and they didn't even know. 
Thank you for being the reason I try my hardest to live life with so much more joy, knowing you're still lingering around, knowing that you are still taking a lot more lives now more than ever, hoping and praying that one day we are able to say no to you forever, that you will no longer be a lingering feeling to me and everyone else. Dear Suicide. Always cry at the start. Dear Suicide, who really are you and why do you live in the minds of our generation? You've broken my heart repeatedly and have entered my mind more than I can count. You've caused so much pain and frustration that I had to suffer in silence because to my faith to my family and my culture you don't exist you're just not allowed to dear suicide you've taken and taken when will it ever be enough for you you've snatched my loved one from my arm you convinced him that you'd make things better that you were the only solution and that you were the key to his happiness but you were wrong Dear Suicide, I was about to let you take away my tomorrow, but I've decided to live today. And not just for today, but for tomorrow as well as well as every day after that. You convinced me that I was worthless, that I wasn't loved, and that I'm not needed. But I am worth it, I am loved, and I am needed. Dear Suicide, I'm sorry, but you'll never take any more of my loved ones. You'll never take any more of my happiness. And most of all, you'll never ever take me. Dear suicide, you're always around when no one truly wants you, so why do you stay? Stop talking to me, stop stalking me, and stop pressuring the hearts and minds of my people. You already stole too many of my dear brothers and my sisters. You almost had her and you almost had him and you almost had me. Dear Suicide, you convinced me to try today. It didn't go how I planned. Something saved me and I feel grateful for it. But I can still feel you. You're relentless and deceiving, but I'm not done with you the way that you're not done with me. Dear Suicide, you're a pain that I don't wish upon my worst adversaries. So stop trying to intervene at your own convenience. Because I finally expressed the deepest parts of me I tried to hide to someone other than my notes. And I survived another day. Dear Suicide, no matter how much you linger, how much you burden me and use temptations like alcohol or anger to oppress me my fight will be strong and i will prevail because i know i am worthy of love and i am loved dear suicide you didn't take me then and you won't take me now but thank you for making me stronger than what i thought i could be and as much as i hate you as much as i wish you didn't exist I am who I am because of what you put me through, and I love you. Um, so as you guys would have seen in our story, 
Today we have with us a very special guest, someone who is a very close friend of mine who was willing enough and kind enough to come on here and share her experiences. Um, so because she requested to stay anonymous for personal reasons, we'll be calling her Karen. Now I'm going to turn the time over to Karen. Thank you again for the opportunity. So I guess um, I'll go straight into my story. Um, I think I was about 15 turning to 16 when I first had suicidal thoughts. Um, I remember I had a nipple game that day. It was so exhausting. Like, I couldn't wait to go home and rest. Um, during our nipple, like, the weather was perfectly fine. It was beautiful, sunny afternoon. I was playing just fine. Until all of a sudden, the weather changed. And then the sun was out. It was so windy. It made, me, it made, it, it made it hard for me to play. Like, I felt like I didn't deserve to be on the field because I was playing really crap. Um, somehow, just before we finished, it started raining hard out. And I was thinking in my head, oh, this is so weird. Like, I felt like something was off. And I could feel something was wrong. So not long after we got home, um, the weather went back to normal. So I was like, oh my goodness, such a bad polar weather. I was in my room getting a rest, and I remember one of my family members called me out and my siblings. I didn't want to go out. It took me a while to for me to come because I felt like something was wrong. I was so nervous, and I just felt like crying. And then I finally decided to come out because I knew if I didn't come out sooner, the, the screaming would be would have went on and on, you know, in Polly home. They call you out and you don't come out right away to start screaming at you until you come out or you get a hiding. Anyway, so I got to the sitting room and let me tell you, it wasn't really a warm welcoming. I was being told off by people and I was being screamed at. And it didn't help much for me because... I was so nervous and I thought I just felt like crying, but the screaming didn't help at all. So then I just brushed it off and I sat down. I think as soon as I said something, uh, they were talking. Like my family members were talking. I didn't talk. They were just telling what happened. And I think as soon as they said that something had happened to my dad, that's when I, I broke down and I cried. Even though I didn't know what exactly happened, I just, I cried and I cried. And yeah, my family gave me a few times for me and my siblings to cry. And then after that, they finally told us that my dad had passed away. It was one of the most hard, like, moments of my life. It was, it changed my, my life from that moment onwards. I was so depressed and I felt so alone. I started thinking about killing myself. Um, I said to myself, if I just die, like, no one would care. Like, why would anyone care anyway? It's not like no one's there for me. Like, my own family doesn't 
support me, like when I needed them. I was so happy to go live with my dad. It was so depressing for me because I thought, oh, I just lost my dad. So, no, I thought my family would comfort me and be there for me, but instead, asking me why we're crying, asking me a lot of questions. It was it was really, really hard. So, yeah, I had a lot of thoughts, but I didn't start hurting myself a few months after my dad passed away. You know, when you lose someone you, like, you love and it's so important to you, right? that person was everything in your whole world. Like, you really wanted that support and that comfort from your family, but I guess I didn't get that. I guess my family didn't love me enough to give me that support and the comfort that I needed. So then I started drinking and smoking, and I thought, oh, yeah, doing this would help me, like, get through the pains and overcome everything that I'm going through. But again, it didn't didn't help me at all. It just made me more depressed. And then until one day after school, I came home, and I was just sitting beside my bed. I had scissors in my hand, and then I just started cutting myself, cutting myself until I passed out. And then the next thing I know, I woke up at the hospital. But the sad thing about it is that after everything that just happened, after me cutting myself, my family was so mad and so angry towards me. They even went off at me in the hospital. I felt so hurt and inside, and I was so sad that I got treated the way I did, knowing that I was in the hospital. They didn't bother asking me if I was going through stuff and why I did what I did. They just went off at me, and it just—it didn't feel like family to me. So there was really no point of me like leaving and being here. So eventually, I got sent to the mental hospital in case I'll do it again. I'm like, I might do it again. And guess what? Me being there didn't help at all. I tried so many times to take my life in that place. Try to hang myself with my blanket. But there was always someone there. Every time I try to do it, there's always a person who comes in and interrupt me while I'm trying to, you know, hurt myself or kill myself. And then this went on for years and years. Cutting myself, even when I moved to a new state, it didn't help. I felt like I had a new family here. My family here didn't even feel like a family to me. So I did the same thing. I was so depressed. I just stayed in my room. All I did was work, come home, sleep. I wasn't invited to any of the things that they did. It was really depressing. And then cutting myself became a normal thing for me. I was so numb to even feel the pain. I cried every time I do it, just looking at the blood. But to me, it was the only way I could feel like I even belong in this world. 
It was really, really hard for me to open up because I couldn't trust anyone. So I say my, to myself, if I can't trust my own family, why would it be easier for me to trust other people? So then I just kept it to myself, everything that happened to me. And the more I was keeping stuff to myself, the more I, I just felt like it was building inside and the more I started cutting myself. But it's not until last year, like, I think in the middle of last year, um, I met someone who's now the most important person in my life. Opening up to that person made it easier for me to open up to others as well, but obviously the people I, I can trust. Um, it was like the most beautiful feeling I've ever felt in a long time. I don't know how to put it into words, but it made me, it made the loads that I've been carrying on for years and years lighter. And I guess going back to church as, as well really helped me. And it made me become a better person and who I am today. And I'm grateful for my Heavenly Father and His love. I'm grateful that I didn't take my own life and I'm grateful that, you know, I'm in a better place now. So, yeah. my story. Thank you um, for sharing and um, I know we said it again and again but we're really grateful that you're able to come on here and express that part of yourself. You know it probably wasn't the easiest thing um, but I know this is going to help a lot of our uh, poly youth and our poly people to normalize talking about this and normalize opening up and finding that one per that one person that one thing that they can feel as a reason to keep living um but yeah. i did have um, a few questions if that's okay with you mm -hmm. um so i just wanted to backtrack to what you said about um your family before then how they reacted um when you were yeah. in hospital um, yeah. Do you have any idea maybe why they acted out that way, or do you feel like um, like any sort of reason why they would have, you know, little I mean, ones would be for love and support, but from the sounds of it, they had anything but that. I guess, like, thinking about it now, like, um, I guess it would hurt as well, like, why I didn't child them but I I don't know to be honest. That's all good, that's all good. Um but I did have this question for like how you're doing now because if by the sounds of it you are in a much better happier mindset. Um and just going back to when you were able to open up for the first time, how did you feel? Like did it help in any way? Um you know, it helped a lot, or... like, seriously, I was so happy when I, when I first opened up to that person, like, it was so beautiful, and it made, it made it easier for me to open up to other people as well, so yeah. Thank you, thank you. 
Um, and well, just overall, would you say yep. that that person you met um, was how you overcame your suicidal thoughts? Is there anything else that you can probably think of, or was it particularly that person? Um, I, I guess so. I mean, to be honest, it's, I don't think there's, like, something that I could say or I could go back and say to the old me that would change the old me, I guess. But I know for a fact that I needed a support from my family and I just wanted to be loved. I guess if I had that from the people I thought loved me and to my core family, then I guess I would not have been the person that I was in the past. But then... Again, I'm grateful for who I was and the things that I went through because it made me a better person now. So, yeah. And just one final thing. Um, do you have any advice that you'd like to give to anyone else who, um, just anyone in general, everyone in any way? Because you never know who's suffering. And... Yeah. If you have any, like, any suicidal thoughts, the best thing to do is to talk to someone you trust about it. That's the only thing I could say. That's good. Talking is uh, the first step to a better place. But, yeah. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add into this one, Karen? No, that's all. Thank you. No, thank you so much. Um, it takes a brave soul to come up on a platform like this, um, knowing that there will be people listening to share your story. But I'm truly grateful you're able to come out today and um, share this part of you. Um, it's a beautiful thank part you. of Meiji who you are, and we're very, very grateful to have had you today. Thank you for having me. It's all good. Thank you. Well, we'll let you go now. Okay. Busy schedule. Okay. Bye. Thank you guys for listening this far. Um, as we said before, um, if anything at any stage gets uncomfortable for you, just feel free to flick off from this or um, turn the whole podcast off if you want. <laughs> um, we do understand it's a bit of an uncomfortable topic, um, but it's something that does need to be spoken about because it's just it's going on for too long and unless we actually talk about it there won't be much of a change um so we've heard karen's experience um and she's actually one of our survivors so she's been through all of it she's done it all and she found her anchor um and she's in a much better place right now so i'm very grateful to have had her on here but i guess um looking at it uh just going to go into a bit of a personal experience of mine um it'll be the first time i actually tried to um you know commit suicide um and i guess it was back in high school and um you know when you're in high school you you feel like you're going through it all you feel like um you have the weight of the world on you and, and whatnot um but i guess that day was just something like everything was hitting me all at once that day you know it was just arguments after arguments 
um, I had my own personal things going on, school wasn't going too well for me, um, and everything felt like a really low point in my life. Uh, but I remember writing a letter. You'll come to find um, I write letters a lot. Um, and I wrote, you know, the infamous suicide letter um, that had everything to say, how I wanted to say, or sorry, what I wanted to say to my parents. Because um, at the end of the day, I did really love my family and I did want them to know that none of this had to do with them. So I did all that. I wrote my letter. Um, I sat in my room and I was home alone this day. But I sat in my room and I, I had the knife ready. Um, I thought that this would just be the quickest way to get it over and done with. Um, and I just left the note on the bed and then I sat there, but I never actually did anything. I never actually did any cutting or anything like that um, because I ended up hearing a voice, believe it or not, um, and it just felt like something overcame me at that time. I don't know exactly what it was, but the whole room became warm and I just started crying out of nowhere. And like my heart was heavy, but it felt like it was lightning. Like my insides were lightning. It's kind of hard to put it into words, but I felt at peace despite what I was going through. And um, I later came to find out that it was, it had to do with like, you know, as you know, we are religious people, but it was my gospel upbringing. Um, I feel like it was the spirit talking to me telling me that I wasn't worth and that this wasn't the way to go. That I had a lot going on for me because I think that was the main thing that was going on in that moment was when you start to think of those things, you just feel like the world's better off without. And then like you start thinking of things that other people have said to you and you start agreeing with those things. But, you know, that's one thing I'll always be grateful for the gospel for is that that's the thing that saved me. My anchor to this day is the gospel and my belief in the gospel, and I'll always be grateful. Um, but that was the first time I'd ever tried. Um, there had been little hiccups here and there after the next couple of years, but that's the thing with mental illness and and with this demon called suicide. You know, it's it's always there, and for some reason, it just keeps pestering you. But I am grateful that I went through that experience because it's made me who I am today. It's woken me up to teach the future people and to teach my older generation as well that this isn't just a phase, it's something that happens. And it's something that's not just going to go away if we just sit there and do nothing about it. It's not something that we can just push aside and hope that, you know, it'll get better. It's something that we have to work on and um, believe it or not this is one of the first times that I've actually opened up about this kind of experience um, and I guess I was actually really scared to come out and put it out here like this but I think the main reason why I was scared is because I've been belittling my experience and I've been making it seem like it's not as big as what I hear other people's experiences are but 
everyone's significant, what you're going through is significant. And um just want to stop talking now because I feel like I'm rambling on. But I do hope you know that um, when you do find your anchor, it's the most beautiful thing. And I hope that you guys are going to stay strong in this because this is not the way to go. And I promise you, everything will get better. There is that light at the end of the tunnel. myself a little bit <laughs> sorry guys um my experience with suicide um was When I first had my um my first suicidal thought um I was pretty sure I was like fourteen, fifteen. Um and of course Anything happen? Um, something happened in my life that I was too young to understand. Sorry, guys. Um, I've never really told anyone what happened to me only those only those that are really close to me um kind of have an idea of what happened I haven't really been able to talk about only because I've been in denial about it for a really long time I think um, it was after school and I was at home with everyone else, we weren't really doing anything and it just, it's just one of those things where you're happy one minute and then the next second you just feel like you feel like complete shit. And because, like, I really, I truly didn't understand what was happening, like, what these feelings were. I just, I kind of brushed it off. But deep down inside, I just wanted to, like, I wanted to kill myself, to put it the way it is. Um, like, I just... I felt disgusted. Um, I just 
I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I just don't know how to explain the way I felt, to be honest, because at the time you can't really explain what's going on in your head. Like, at that kind of age. But yeah, that was the first time I had my first suicidal thought. I didn't really do anything about it because everyone was out, like, was in the house. Um. But the second time it happened, um, I was like, finished school and completely forgot about what happened to me. Not re- I want to say completely forgot about what happened. I think it was more um, being in denial because you didn't want to come off as as that kind of person like you don't you don't want people to see you as that sort of like that the victim kind of thing um but yeah the second time it happened i like at first i was clueless like i was just like why is this happening to me like like does god not love me that he you know, he's making me feel these feelings and sort of stuff. But yeah, it was like, it was after I put, like, I fed my grandpa and, oh, not fed my grandpa, changed my grandpa and put him to, um, and put him to bed. I went to, oh, I went to go for a shower, looked in the mirror and like, Automatically, I hated what I saw in the mirror. Like, there was nothing wrong with me. I just didn't like what I saw. And, like, that was... That was, I guess... The first time I felt so much shit that I was willing enough to um, grab the razor. That was the first time I taught myself how to take the blade out of the razor and um yeah like it's kind of similar to angels but not really um it was like i was standing in front of the mirror so for so long the water was running um the water because i turned the water on and I was just standing in front of the mirror and counting out all my flaws and stuff and why I hated what I saw. I was just crying. Like, I was just bawling my eyes out. And I was really, like, I was telling myself, you know what, I'm I'm tired of feeling this way. I don't want to feel this again. Like, and I was really, I hopped in the shower and I took the the blade with me, but it was like I think it was like someone's having my mum to come and check up on me. <laughs> like she she didn't say anything. She it was just one of those ones where she knocked on the door and asked if I was okay, um and like to see what I was doing. But like she didn't realize that that's if she hadn't come. They would have found me. 
they would have found me lying on the bathroom floor because I decided that the world was better without me. Um, but yeah, that was like the second time it happened and like it was the worst feeling ever. No, like I, no one can really explain what goes on through people's heads. But yeah, it happened a last time and I think I was fighting with my mum and like, I was just so angry. It, well, I didn't have to, I think it was more feeling like a failure, feeling like I wasn't good enough, I wasn't a good enough daughter. I wasn't doing anything with my life. I finished school. Still couldn't find the perfect job, you know, so that dad could stop working. Like, everything just piled that night. Um, and, like, I know we, like, with Polynesians, we have, like, this superstitious, this, these superstitions and stuff, and... Like that was the first, uh, the first night in like a really long time where I felt like my uncle was with me. Like you just have that sense or that feeling that you know who's there. But, um... Yeah, it was, it was as if my uncle was reminding me of reasons why I should stay. One of them being my grandparents, because anyone that knows me knows how much I love my grandpa. Yeah, it was as if he was there, standing beside me, reminding me why I shouldn't go through it. That people, that people still loved me, even though I didn't love myself. And that, like, and the same question kept popping in my head. If you go, who's going to look after Grandpa? Who's going to look after your sister, your parents, that's your responsibility. And that was like a kick in the face for me when that happened that night. Um, like, people talk about suicide, I see it on social media, and I never really thought I would be one. You know, I didn't think I was going to be someone that would be, at, you know, at the end of that razor, trying to end my life. Um, but yeah, like that night was the last, well, I would say it was the last, but was probably like the last time I ever felt that way. Like I ever felt like I was going to, and I like was going to go through with it. Only cause I was reminded of the love that I received from 
my mom and dad and my sisters and my grandparents, even though my grandparents do have dementia, you know, just the look in their face is enough for me to know that they love me when I was younger and they love me the same today. Oh gosh. So sorry guys. Um like this this is the first time I've openly spoken about this about my experience. I know I haven't fully explained what happened, but I feel like that's for another time. Um but yeah, like leading up to this podcast I just I couldn't sleep like I even told these guys like how I was just mentally drained last night even thinking about sharing my experience but I know I had to because there could be someone out there that would need to hear it even though you know those same feelings that I felt those nights are coming back and yeah it's just not the feelings that you want to feel yeah I really hope that someone out there wherever you are whatever you may be doing (laughs) that you understand that someone out there does love you and you like just like what Angel said with the whole anchor thing I really do hope that you're able to find that anchor um to know that you are needed in this world that someone out there will miss you when you leave but yeah that's my experience um so for my first ever suicidal thought i haven't told anyone this like (sighs) no one because I was so, oh my gosh, I was worried that people would judge me or that I'd be seen differently. But my experience was kind of similar to Faith, um, but I won't point out what the similarities are. Um, But if I were to start from where... Or the reason why I started having suicidal thoughts. It would be when I was 10. That wasn't when I had my first suicidal thought. But at the age of 10, I've never really told anyone this. And it's nothing that I really like talking about. But, oh my gosh. When I was 10, I was... When I was 10, I was... Um, sorry. When I was 10, I was sexually abused. Um. I was touched in several places. 
that I didn't want to be touched. And what sucks is that it was by someone I trusted. You know, as a young person, you don't really know what's regarded or what's considered as bad and what's considered as good. You don't really know the right thing people should be doing and the wrong things that they should be doing. You don't know what's inappropriate and what's inappropriate. And this went on for about a year. It, my young mind at the time didn't see it as, you know, sexual abuse. I, I felt uncomfortable. I didn't say anything because this very person lived with us um, and it's so like I've mentioned in previous podcasts I've always had issues with self-esteem and it wasn't until I hit high school where I I got lower self-esteem and I wondered even more like why why do I look like this and why do I feel about myself like this um and it sucked because every time I looked in the mirror I was disgusted at what I saw and not only was I like disgusted like I need to shred a few pounds but I was like, wow, who would ever want me if I've already been like touched in that way? And so in grade eight, I, I just thought the lowest of myself. I didn't like what I saw in the mirror and I didn't like explaining why because I knew the reason why. It wasn't until grade nine where I had my first suicidal thought. And I remember it so, so clearly because that night after like what, three years without contact with the person who did that to me, he suddenly contacted us and I heard his voice and all these memories just started rushing back to me and I remember crying that night because my parents didn't know and so when I did have to talk to him I had to act like I didn't know anything and that I was happy and that I was excited to hear from them after all these years when really I had been living my life these past few years looking at myself and just still feeling dirty no matter how many times I showered and that was obviously you know not the best feeling in the world and I remember going to school the next day and I was so dead like I don't even know what was going on in my head but I remember like um one of my one of my uh, one of my sessions was for food studies um, and I had 
angel in that class and another friend her name is Brayden and I remember sitting at the um like the bench and I was just staring out the window and I was just blank because all the memories started rushing back all the feelings that I felt and along with that came all the remembrance of how it felt to be touched that way and I remember like Andrew and Brandon be like are you okay like hello like are you listening and I just didn't want to talk to anyone because I knew that if I was to talk to someone I would just instantly break down and I just wasn't ready to open up to anyone about that because I didn't want people to think that I was I was someone that was dirty and that like kind of already had her virtue or her beauty taken away from her at such a young age. And so I went home and I just tried to keep it together because my mom still didn't know and so I didn't want to, you know, cause them to like have any suspicions about why I was acting the way I was acting and then I I thought about it all I was like okay I know what to do I wanted to drink bleach because um as much as I wanted to end my life I knew that I wasn't brave enough to hang myself um and so I remember getting a bleach that night and hiding it in my room just to make sure that no one would find it and when everyone went to sleep I just broke down and cried and I told myself that there was no use for me being alive because the reason why I hate myself is because no matter how much I change no matter how happy I am, no matter how much makeup I put on or new clothes I wear, I will always be dirty and impure. And I remember, I know, filling the, the bleach cap with bleach, obviously, and I was just crying. I was like, this is why I'm insecure, and it's because I will never love myself and no one will ever love me either um and just as i was about to you know drink the bleach um my dad opened the door and he just got home from work and you know he always does his checkups um once he gets home just to make sure we're sleeping and he opened the door and he saw that i was sitting in my bed and he was like oh why are you still awake you should you should go to sleep and you know i had to look away and make sure that he didn't notice that I was crying. Um, and I had to make sure that he didn't see the bleach. And then he was like, yeah, just go sleep. And I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm just scared. That's why. Because he knows I'm a fair, fair value. And he was like, it's okay. Everything will be okay. Just go sleep. I'll still be awake. And I just cried because... Things like that, where people don't realize that the simple words they've said are sometimes the words that 
do you really need a heel? And so I didn't do it because I took my dad's words into consideration where he said that he was there, he was awake, and that he wouldn't go to sleep until I went to sleep. And I just decided to go to sleep and I slept it off and the feelings didn't go away, you know, overnight. It never does. But just knowing that um, there's been at least some words of comfort, even when people don't know that it's words of comfort, just knowing that they've been said to you, like hearing it from an actual person that you love makes the biggest difference. Um, And so that was my first time ever having a suicidal thought. Um, Of course, that doesn't mean it was one and only one because it still happened over the years, but for different reasons. But I can definitely say that no matter how many times I do contemplate on ending my life, I am grateful that I still do have loved ones who will make me believe that I am loved and that I am needed here. Um, but yeah, that's my experience. It's not as like it's not as heart touching or no, don't <laughs> emotional. Man. Don't belittle your experience as um, the other guys. But yeah, that that's my experience. It's really weird to actually put it into words because I've never spoken about it. So if it was all over the place, then yeah, sorry. But yeah, that's that was my experience. Man, our viewers are the luckiest people, eh? Oh no, <laughs> to hear our ugly cries and all. <laughs> um, but I guess now we we do just want to sort of give words of advice or words of encouragement because you know we're not um psychologists or anything angel is gonna be one soon though so yeah so guys, years ahead if, if you if you think that angel has like perfect wording when it comes to advising people then just know it's because she's she's on the way to becoming a psychologist and i could not be happier because she has been my psychologist for so long it's a long long way ahead but um <laughs> Yeah, like, um, we do just want to sort of encourage everyone and anyone because at the end of the day, we don't know who's suffering and we don't know who's going through it Um, because, you know, you could be the saddest person in the room or the happiest person in the room. Mm. Um, But just from myself, I I do want to sort of reiterate what I said before my own experience about belittling your experience. That was one of the main reasons why I don't like talking about what I go through or what I went through because I just feel like there's going to be that cloud of judgment you know that's just going to be like oh yours isn't as big as this person yours isn't as serious as this person who actually took their life and you know that's something I'm definitely working on but I'm coming to see that my experience is just as significant as the next person and your experience is just as significant as the next person as well um, so never belittle what you go through because you deserve to be heard and you deserve to find peace and comfort in your life. Mm. Um, but 
another thing is not to isolate yourself because I know that um, especially hearing it from Karen as well she said a couple of times in there where she felt like she was alone and that's exactly how correct me if I'm wrong did you guys feel like that too when you were going through your stuff mm, yeah precisely and I just you know I do want to say that you're definitely not alone and it's going to be something that's hard to sort of understand or sort of accept because you know it just feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders mm. and you feel like you can't turn to anyone because you don't want to be a burden just because you're carrying a burden it doesn't make you a burden and you know there's resources all around you it will take some time to reach out but when you do i can promise you that you'll feel so so much better i'm not gonna lie it was kind of hard to open up today like i think that was probably the most draining things i've done so far mm. but it, it felt really good to just to talk about it because we don't talk about it mm. but um i think a last thing um, is when people do end up expressing themselves to you, um, please don't label them as crazy or selfish or um, attention-seeking or, attention or um, don't, what do you call it, like, don't be super, super sensitive towards them afterwards. Like, as kind as it is for you to take into consideration what they did go through, um, it doesn't mean that they're the most fragile person in the room it doesn't mean you know if you say something they're gonna break instantly but i don't think it's coming out how i want to say it mm. <laughs> um basically what i'm trying to say is you don't have to change the way you see them because they're not their experience mm. you shouldn't define them by what they've just told you um, of course it makes them who they are and it shapes them to be the stronger better person that they are that day but they're not they're not their depression they're not their suicidal thoughts they're not their anxiety they're not their dementia they're none of that you know they're still a person at the end of the day um and they just had it rough and they're survivors as well so um but yeah that's just my bit of encouragement and i hope you guys know that you are loved um we love you i'm positively certain there's people in your lives that need you and love you as well um, so if, if you do experience these kinds of things reach out either to us or to helplines um, as you know on our page we do have helplines on there as well um, and just talk about it guys because I know that's one thing that's very very rare in our homes is you know we feel like we can't open up to our family because of judgment or because it's just probably awkward or weird but mm find someone that you're it's very very trustworthy to you open up unload do what you need to do punch a wall take a cry binge eat you know do whatever it is you need to do to find that that peace and that calm but i promise you there is always sunshine after the rain um and it's okay to not be okay but everything will be okay soon um but yeah i love you guys I love yous too. Um, um, shit, I don't know what to say to be honest. Um, so, if you didn't really get the drift, um, yeah, 
me and Anya experienced the similar shit. It's, you know, it's not something that you really open up about. And it's more something that you keep to yourself and, yeah, like, and I completely understand why people don't open up about it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those ones where it's a load you'd rather carry alone. I don't know about anyone else, but I just, I'm one of those people that would much rather, um push it to the back then like have to deal with it um like i i'm the same with angel because when it happened to me i didn't like when it first happened to me i didn't really know what was happening i didn't know how to react i didn't know what to do but yeah like down the line the like you know growing up um going through high school and shit it was one of those ones where you thought about it, but then you were like, I know, like, other people are, like, have been through a lot worse than what I've been through. And I think that's just, like, that is the core of the problem, is comparing our problems with somebody else's problem. Or invalidating our, um, oh, invalidating what we've been through, um, because somebody else has been through it worse off that's even a word but yeah like it's just really hard um yeah it's going to be a long road and i hope you guys know that like opening up it's never going to be easy and if you're on the receiving end of somebody trying to open up to you and you don't know how to react to it just don't react at all <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, don't react at don't all. Don't open your mouth. <laughs> like, don't say anything unless you sense that they need that sort of um, encouragement or um, words of of love. I think, like, personally, I feel like someone will sense if somebody needs those words of encouragement or if someone's just sharing their experience so that you don't have to feel like you're alone but yeah i think my experience uh my my advice is more so um like towards someone that is dealing with it and someone that has lost someone to suicide is um what's well, a someone that is currently going through it um just understand that you are loved and people do need you around even though it doesn't seem like it even though your family um maybe like karen's family like nobody cares about you um just know that you that's why you have friends that do become family um um and that's why we started this um account so that if you do feel like you're not good enough or no one's listening to what you have to say we're here we're here to listen we're not gonna be here to judge you for what you've been through like even if we do know you and you feel like you need to open up to someone we're here like you don't have to be afraid 
or feel somewhat ashamed that you have to talk to us because we're here to help we're happy to help we're willing to give you our shoulder to cry on you know because that's something that i wished i had at that time you know not that i'm blaming our parents because i never told my parents what happened and i don't think i'll be telling them anytime soon kind of thing yeah so don't snitch game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually that's a lie i told my mom and like nothing happened um like but i told her after he ran away so if you know you know um like i told her and i don't blame her for her reaction or how she took it because at the end of the day it does come down to how our families or how our parents were brought up um by their parents and yeah like anya says said in her dear suicide suicide is like nothing in our culture it's a balangi thing in our culture like it doesn't exist because apparently that's why we have church that's why we have the gospel in our lives and sometimes they're right you know they are right but at the time god may be what we need but it's not what we want kind of thing amen um but yeah just i think it's just that like just understand that we're here um and we will always be here um and that's why we've created that um zaraha anyways that anonymous website <laughs> so that you're able to express your feeling it doesn't always have to be about the topic of the week it can be about what you're feeling at that time and that day and you feel like you have no one to open up to and you don't want us to know who you are like please use it because we're here um but you know it, it'll be nice to put a like put the message to a, like put under, a face. yeah put a face to the message so that we know like who to message or well, if you want to leave your contact yeah um oh yeah and i think an advice to those that may be going through um or that may be dealing with the loss of someone who's committed suicide just know that you are not the like you are not the cause of it um and you may have not been able to fix what that person was going through that yes your love was there and it always will be but sometimes your love isn't enough to take away the pain that someone's going through and yeah i think it's just more sharing awareness um to those that are going through it that they are loved because i think that's one of the things that um our generation needs to know is that our parents or our siblings, our cousins, our older cousins are listening to what we say. You know what I mean? I don't mm. know if, I think I'm just rambling on, but mm. yeah, just understanding that you, 
you're not the cause that at the end of the day it's it's sometimes the voices in our heads that we hear what people say that stay in our heads and that's what pushes us over the edge kind of thing like i'm not going to speak for everyone because everyone deals with their deals and has their own reasons of why they feel the way they feel but yeah i just hope everyone understands that if you feel like shit and need someone to talk to we are here we're not um fucking professionals but we're here like we're open to um answering your questions or um just listening to your thoughts and feelings because at the end of the day that's what we're here for that's why we're doing what we're doing is so that people are able to open up about their um their experiences um and i think that's what we love the most though is when people randomly message us and tell us how they feel um or tell us what they've been through because that's what we want like if you if you're not going to open up to your family members sometimes i feel like opening up to a stranger or someone that you know but don't know on a personal level is a lot more refreshing than having to open up to someone that you know because you know you won't be judged but yeah we're here we always will be but yeah that's just me and don't snitch because i'm 26 now it was good like it's refreshing to have to open up to it but yeah it was a bit draining at first because it's not something that you that's talk the about hardest thing i've done i'm not gonna lie yeah same sitting mm. here sorry guys but that was one of the hardest things i've actually done mm. Mm. and yeah, yeah currently running a one hour sleep because i was crying myself to sleep last night <laughs> that's how scared i was that's how like mentally drained i was because i didn't want to share my experience but i know someone out there is currently dealing with it or has dealt with it yeah how any questions let us know you know um just don't ask of who the person is because i won't tell you (laughs) My head oh shit! Sorry, my thing doesn't stink. So, ashamed. Okay, so for my piece of advice, oh, they pretty much covered it all. But yes, to whoever is experiencing suicidal thoughts. I know um, that, you know, it's really hard and I know that you're probably feeling really worthless and lonely and pathetic right now and that you'd rather leave than live, but I promise you that even though I don't know you or even though I'm not in your shoes at the moment, I promise you that tomorrow is a huge blessing. 
tomorrow will always be waiting for you and it'll always be a different tomorrow so even if today isn't the greatest tomorrow will be different to today but even if it is the same there will always be another opportunity for you to live another day it's just up to you but know that you are loved know that you are needed um because i know that's that's some, something that people who are facing suicidal thoughts do need to hear um but yeah we love you i love you a mm. little bit my <laughs> <laughs> question is <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yeah to the person though to, to to anyone who has lost someone to suicide like faith said you may be wondering right now why they did it um or if you could have done something to save them but the sad truth is is that you will never know the answers to those so don't laugh oh no i just uh, uncomfortable oh, sorry. <laughs> this guy laughing over something serious um but know that the sad truth is, is that you'll never know those answers. So don't be, be too hard on yourself. Um, don't assume. Don't go assuming shit. No. <laughs> but just know the best thing that you can do is if you are experiencing that where you're wondering why your loved one committed suicide or that you could have done something to help them. Put it to action with someone else. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, a dreadful thought. You can go out there in the world today and um, maybe be the reason why someone decides to live another day. Mm. So, yeah, like we always say, be kind. You never know what someone's going through, so be kind. I wish we had a video on right now so you can see Angel's um, <laughs> sign language for use. But, yeah, to that person who's just lost a loved one or who has lost a loved one to suicide know that you are not the blame but oh you know that you are not the reason to their suicide but you can be the reason to someone's happiness <laughs> okay. i really want to post the video for you guys just so you can see that we yeah. love these but yeah that's my piece of advice just know that you are not alone you okay one two three guys you, you are not alone <laughs> that was so good oh, oh, what it was it's so good for us yeah, now uh yeah but you are I'm not, not alone i'm not singing like, i'm not singing like you guys oh. yeah. yeah just know that you're not alone that. man i hate singers that say that then <laughs> <laughs> yeah know that you're not alone we're always here with open arms and open ears um, to listen to whatever you have to say. Um, and yeah, that's basically it from me. <sighs> Don't act like thank you guys. Cause that was yeah. Oh, yeah, I promise I look prettier than I sound <laughs> when I cry. <laughs> I sound like a cow, but I promise I look like a freaking fairy or something. I'm <sighs> not sexier than I sound. <laughs> Oh goodness! But sorry, guys, if it was a really heavy topic, but it it's was. something that so it needs, yeah, it needs to be it needs to be, to be said. Because we see in poly homes, 
as we have said before, it's non-existent. Talking about suicide, talking about mental health. And it's probably not all poly homes, but it's a majority of poly homes that we know of, especially. Um, and I guess as generation of 21st century, we want to make a change. Um, but... Yeah. Alright, can I just say one last thing? Ooh, you're closing anyway. <laughs> Did she say one last thing even though she forgot? <laughs> no, I didn't say one last thing, but I don't know how. I oh, didn't how know I was it? closing it. Oh, um, oh, do you want five seconds to just gather your thoughts? Or? Yeah. Um. Anyways, can I just say that if we do have family listening that are currently dealing with suicidal thoughts or um somewhere along that. Um, to understand that we know where you what you're going through, um, we may not have experienced the same thing, but we know what it's like to feel those same feelings, and don't be afraid to, um, to hit us up. Yeah, don't um, be shy. Like, because we're family and you're scared of judgment. Don't be shy. Just message us. Tell us how you feel. When we'll listen to you, we're not we're not here to judge nobody, even if we are family. You know, sometimes it is surprising to know that we have family out there that are dealing with suicidal suicidal thoughts, um, or are deep in depression. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's just our goal. Is that's what we want? Is we want you to open up to us and to know that it like. And for you guys to understand that it's okay to open up to us and that you should feel comfortable. Oh, and we want you to feel comfortable to open up to us. That's what I was trying to say. Because <laughs> um, I know, like, I know there are people or that there are family members out there that are wanting and can relate to what we're going through, but are too prideful to come down to that level and be like cousin or auntie or whatever or uncle <laughs> yeah angel uncle <laughs> uncle angel <laughs> um to come down to that level and be like you know what i not feeling the greatest so i'm dealing with this and i need your help or i need someone to talk to and you're the only person i can talk to that understands what i'm going through you know those are the kind of messages that we love to see and we'll love to see that from family from family members mm. especially from family members we love it we're like we're here that's why we're family like even though we don't talk as much as we like we would wish we wish to but you know as long as we're there to support you mentally physically even though we're not physically you know they're all there but <laughs> oh, i can hold it like even friends man like don't be ashamed to share your yeah. thoughts or like people from church you know we're here we don't care who you are we don't care what your status is or how famous you are on Instagram, yeah, you know, we don't, like, you. your privacy is important to us, and we'll keep it that way, but yes, 
thanks again guys for tuning in to this week's um podcast we do apologize for our manly um um cries cries and voices and fucking sobs man like that was so that's but yes um so n- we'll be posting next week's one next week next week yeah. <laughs> 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 really want to uh, yeah but like if you have any questions in regards wait are we going to be doing the same topic next week we're doing men's mental health oh shit um yeah, so basically just same things. Um, so if you have any questions, inquiries, um, if you want to take us on a date, just just ask. Just yeah. ask. <laughs> I'm currently unavailable, guys. So yeah. oh, oh, say what you Oh, well. Nah, yeah, but like, just let us know. Message us, fucking. If you know our Facebook and you yeah. don't want to like message us through. Like, and you want to message us individually, there's our Instagram. I don't want you to find our us phone on Facebook. Oh, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook? I don't want you to find Facebook. me on Facebook. <laughs> oh, Facebook. <laughs> um, anyway, guys. Yeah, we put our phone numbers wanna... on there as well, on the helpline. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. your anonymous texting. And don't be prank yes. calling me at yeah. 3 in the morning. <laughs> so, on the angel on site. <laughs> listening in tuning in wherever you are um but yeah just know that we're here again um yeah just it's a good reminder to the world or to everyone to our community that it's okay to be sad it's okay to cry it's okay to feel things that are anything but happy you know um how am i ending it again (laughs) Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, and always remember when, when our eyes fail to see, see our ears become our freedom. freedom. Uh, bye, guys. Peace out. Bye.